Marshawn Lattimore, 12 yards from Adam. Case on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side, caught by Diggs. Stay oh, my God, oh my God, 30, no Are you kidding me? They run the deep ball route. Stephon Diggs goes up, and Marcus Williams, the rookie, tries to jump over the back of him to break up the throw. The ball is caught, and Diggs is able to take it into the end zone. There you go. That is the call by voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen. And this is a special edition of the Wobcast. What happened on Sunday as the Vikings defeated the Saints in the divisional round in scintillating fashion is so awesome, we need an extra Wobcast for it. So producer and co-host Chris Corso and I are here, and we're joined by voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen. What was that like, Paul? Well, um, I've been asked that question a lot um, after the, um, the Minneapolis Miracle. Let me ask you a question. You tell me what it was like because you sit two spots away from me mm-hmm. for every home game. You are my statistician for road games, yeah. Uh, and you were there for the call. And by the time Stefan Diggs ran into the tunnel, there you go sprinting down yeah. stairs right. to be part of the festivities. So I don't know. You tell me what it was. It was, um, it was pandemonium, I think. And I think that we had um, kind of out-of-body experiences maybe for a moment. And the real, the really interesting part was the play was so long. It was 61 yards. And after Diggs caught it, he had to run 33 yards, 34 yards. So there was enough time to realize that it was going to be a touchdown and to look at the people next to you and like have the look in your eye of, I can't believe this is happening. And then you had eyes on the play and you were, you know, you were leaning over and getting oomph behind your call. And Bursich was back to the wall, arms in the air. And his mouth was wide open and he was screaming into the mic. That's perfectly described. Because to bring you into what we call the Vox Box, the broadcast booth at U.S. Bank Stadium, uh, you described it perfectly. What I remember outside of doing the call and saying Diggs caught it, he got loose, 30-10, touchdown, Minneapolis miracle. I remember seeing you sprint out (laughs) like Usain Bolt. Yeah. Versage back against the wall, hands in the air. The statistician David Koob, doing his job, was pointing at number 61 on my numbers chart to let me know immediately that it was 61 yards, so he did a great job. Big spot for Dave Koob right there. The uh, spotter, Eric Norquist, who is the producer of my 9 to Noon show on The Fan, he had his arms spread out with his palms to the sky, in essence, a very <laughs> spiritual moment. And for the first time in my 300-some-odd games calling, there were fans that were trying to climb into the booth. Right. They they stood on chairs and they were they were jumping up trying to get into the box box to embrace all of us. Right. And, and you know then Diggs emerged from the tunnel, and um, 
and then we just kind of we just kind of took it all in and then after that for me you know i noticed some of our very dear friends in the vikings coaching booth next to right us next to us at us bank stadium specifically jonathan gannon and um, longtime friend of ours, Kevin Stefanski, the quarterback's coach, who's been here since 2006. And they were pumping their fists at me and putting their hands in the air in exaltation. And I just started screaming, yes, 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 on the microphone. Mm -hmm. Because being around Winter Park, as much as, as I am, and you work here, you know, pretty much six or seven days a week, uh, you know the work these guys put into it. And the the exhausting hours and just everything that goes into it, and there came a moment after the whole the, the whole bet was settled uh, when I looked at those coaches and I felt so good for them. I just had an out of body experience and freaked out on the microphone. Yeah. Now preparation in in your job is really important to set the scene at the beginning and even to anticipate what could happen in the game from a theatrical standpoint. Yeah. Right. And. And so you're good at that, and you've hit on that in the past. But this was spontaneous, right? I mean, because you can't plan for this. Um, and so do you just let yourself go and be raw, or do you try and rein yourself in? Well, if you listen to the beginning of the call, um, I was very reined in. And, you know, in 2009, when Favre found Greg Lewis, I was very chill up to that moment, too. Um, and, you know, it, for me, if you listen to the plays leading up to it, I was obsessive about saying how much time was left in the game, the timeout situation for both teams, and I must have given the score 50 times. So I had that all set up. And then you just, um, you just build a crescendo. And, um, you know, Diggs caught it, and we went from zero to 100. Uh, I was absolutely tickled that the analyst, Pete Bursich, was as into it as he was. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, then my job is then to try to keep composure during the call until he gets to the end zone while Pete is basically channeling his inner fan and going crazy. And you, you just, I mean, as Radio 101 goes, man, you just, you, you don't, you, you cannot prepare for those moments. Right. You just have to rely on experience and just doing it the way you do it, and then hopefully everybody likes it. I sprinted out of the Vox box to get down to the field to help the PR guys for whatever they needed help with, yeah. um, you know, and then to get ready for between the lines. Right. And um, I didn't make it in time for the for the referees to come back and say, you know, the because the play it's a scoring play, so it's reviewed. But I didn't make it down in time. I'm running through the locker room, not knowing that I've not made it in time. Running through the locker room, the door opens. It's Mike Zimmer. Oh, my God. You know, uh, with Bob Angelo of NFL Films behind him with a camera. Um, exchanged wry smiles, and I kept moving, and he kept moving. Yeah. That, that was a cool moment. But um, did you hear Joe Buck's call? Yeah, it was spectacular. You know, and now that's different. You know, he's TV, so everyone's watching. It was spectacular. It's different for you because no one's watching. You have to illustrate and describe. Yeah. Joe's was very good, too. Uh, yeah, I don't get loud about this on radio or Twitter simply because I don't like to argue, period, mm -hmm. let alone on Twitter. Um, I, I think the local fan base really needs to get over its obsession with, with not appreciating how good Joe Buck is. Oh, man, he's so good. Now, I mean, yeah. after the 2004 season, we're at Lambeau Field, and Randy Moss on a bad ankle puts a double move on Al Harris, scores a very big touchdown, and he does the mock pull the pants down. Right. Like we see sometimes when they moon the buses coming into Lambeau Field. Well, I mean, ardent Vikings fans are never going to forgive him for that. So, therefore, they go after him a little, a little too hard, in my opinion. 
Um, the way Joe Buck set it up, talking about the implications with Minnesota, in essence, having led and now has come back to the pack, and the Saints have come storming by. And uh, his description of the play was impeccable. And then, you know, the benefit you have on television, like you say, like you said, because you can see it, is he can lay out and just let the crowd speak volumes. Mm -hmm. And that's what he did. And, and honestly, I think it was a spectacular piece of work by Joe Buck. Yeah, it was. And, uh, and as was yours, though. You know, I mean, the Minneapolis Miracle, it's got a tagline. Um, and it's a play that, that's going to live in NFL lore. You know, this is not, we're going to forget about this play in a year. This is, this is um, the Music City miracle. This this is this is a play that, ha- and and a big reason for that is the jobs that Joe Buck and you as voice of the Vikings do broadcasting the game because you give it that that aura. So aside from it being a great play, the broadcasters have to do a good job too, and you guys did. Right. Thank you very much. Uh, well, I mean, for me, and you know, you know me better than anybody. I'm not Syracuse trained. I, mean, mm-hmm. I, I went to Pasadena City College for five years. The, this is my first play-by-play job. So, mm-hmm. in coming into this job, fortunately, the Vikings and KFAN have permitted me to do it the way that is most true to me, uh, the ultimate fan. And you know, when you're when you're doing a home radio broadcast and something takes place like that. I think the fan base would be genuinely disappointed in me if I didn't show over-the-top exaltation. Right. And it's genuine. And you could tell it's genuine by listening back to it. You know, for instance, uh, Jim Henderson and Deuce McAllister do the New Orleans Saints radio network. And in listening back to their call, you know, it was pretty straightforward. And it was not very remorseful. And, and it, I would have done it completely a different way. Right. I mean, I would have been devastated had I been on the other side of that. So I guess it's teach their own. But um, I definitely should we we definitely channeled our inner rube with that call. Yeah. And uh, people seem to like it. And it's part of the identity of the Vikings radio network and people know that. And anyone who listens to radio calls of other teams, they know what the identities and the brands are of those teams. And this was on brand with the Vikings radio network. Chrissy, what'd you think? I just have to ask, how do you come up with Minneapolis Miracle on the spot like that? That was unbelievable. Obviously, it's a name that's been coined a thousand times since you said it. How does that, how does that come into your head? You know, I can't explain that. I mean, Wabi sits next to me for road games yep. and two away from me at home games. So he sees my game-calling depth chart, and he sees the scene-setting cards that I have laid out there. Did you have that down no. on your no. – <laughs> I, I was in-depth on Drew Brees, New Orleans, Vikings defense. Yep. And I had a little Kai Forbath card, which I used when he hit the 53-yarder. Yeah. Cut September 6, 2016 by the New Orleans Saints for Will Lutz. And I wanted him to walk off a winner so I could say, not only does he get a chance to dagger his former team, he can kick us to the NFC title game. That didn't take place. Um, with the Minneapolis miracle, into that final drive, when I was chatting with Pete Bursich, I just said, it looks like we're going to need a Minneapolis miracle. And then Bursich followed it up by saying, paraphrasing something along the line of this is where legends are made. Yep. And it was very prophetic of him to say that. So I had it in my mind. Uh, we're in Minneapolis. It was a miracle. Put the thing together. Rattle it off a couple of times. The The amazing thing for me with in listening back to the play call is that Sunday morning, for whatever the reason, I decided to look at the Philadelphia weather just in case, the 10-day forecast, just in case we played in Philadelphia. I wanted to have that in my back pocket for the end of the game. So I knew it was supposed to be 48 and drizzly. Yep. You know, but at the end of that call, remembering that, 
to say it's 48 in Philadelphia, it's going to be 48 Drizzly, and we're bringing a purple rain. Right. You know, that's just that's just stuff that happens with the job. And, you know, uh, that, I can't explain why. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Where were you for the play, Chris? I was in – I was getting ready. I had the website ready to go. Cardinal yeah. – Ryan Cardinal and I, we, we get the website ready to go before the play happens because yeah. we're – where Vikings lose, we had it ready. We yeah. press a button, website wow. looks totally different. Yeah. And then that, that play happens, and I, I froze. Yeah. Right. I, I couldn't do anything on the home page. I couldn't. Harper came, Brian Harper, our yeah. vice president of content and production, jumps over the wall, yes. <laughs> comes running up, screams a lot of expletives I don't even yeah. want to say. Uh-huh. And it was just. The boy came out in him, and then yeah. I try to. I sit there, and I'm like, if he's doing that, then I'm I'm gonna yeah. celebrate a little bit as well. Yeah. So that was. I don't know about you guys Sunday on, night. You know, in 2009, when the Vikings lost at Superdome, and we flew home after the NFC title game, the emotion after that game was easy to explain because it was unadulterated sadness. It was just sadness for me. Uh, after beating the Saints the way the team did, for whatever the reason, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't eat, and I just felt weird mm-hmm. until about 2.30 or 3 yeah. in the morning. I just couldn't settle down. You know, the text messaging and Twitter was working like a slot machine. Amazing. And it was just uh, it was just sensory overload. And, you know, I guess I was just taking it all in. Yeah, I, I was too. And it, um, it captivated the Minnesota community and the national sports landscape. It was really cool. So, looking ahead to that, let's um, we're going to have another Wobcast later in the week where we break this game down, but let's let's take turns. We'll start with you, Paul. When you think about the Eagles, one thing that you think about that's going to be pertinent to this matchup on Sunday. Carson Wentz going down and being replaced by Nick Foles. Okay. And I think that is the Eagles' A topic. Mm-hmm. In watching the Eagles and the Atlanta Falcons, you know, Nick made some plays in the second half that I think are a little underrated. Uh, but overall, with all due respect, I mean, Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate. And, um, you know, now Zimmer brings his defense in to, to face that offense, which has a powerhouse running game that will, will help balls. But that, that's where it starts for me. On the other, you know, if Nick makes plays in a tightly contested game in the second half like Drew Brees did, then more power to him. Conversely, the Eagles' defense, I think, is one of the toughest in the NFL. And I just don't see it at home making mistakes in key spots. So I think it's going to be even more of a meat grinder when it comes to scoring. Yep. Chrissy? I like a Nick Foles being the starting quarterback. Who would have thought two Jeff Fisher quarterbacks yeah. with the Rams, Nick Foles yeah. and Case Keenum, were, are playing each other in the NFC Championship? I would have never yeah. imagined. And obviously the New Yorker in me comes out and sees New England – on the other side, and yeah. I do not want them playing here on yeah. February 4th. But yeah. That game um, will be before ours. <laughs> that game will be before ours, and we'll see if Jacksonville can pull it off. But, yeah, uh, yeah I'm excited for our game, and uh, can't wait. I think I'm excited to dive into this Eagles defensive line. Fletcher Cox, probably the best, second best, third best three technique in the NFL, no right? And then four defensive ends that they can rotate in there, including um, a first-round rookie, Derek Barnett, um, whom the Eagles – drafted with our first round draft pick um, that they acquired in the trade for Sam Bradford. Um, he's one of their defensive ends. Also a Minnesota native, Bo Allen. Um, 
yeah, wow. will uh, likely play in this game along that defensive line. Um, Jim Schwartz, the former Lions head coach, is the defensive coordinator. Uh, so to me, it's all about this really stout Eagles front. And if we can block it, I think we can attack their secondary. You know, if I'm doing a national lobcast, mm-hmm. really deep diving on these conference championship games, yeah. one of the things I look at initially is making sure the road teams, Jacksonville and Minnesota, can get past what they just did. I mean, the Vikings just pulled a miracle on one of the greatest plays in the history of a storied franchise. So now you got to come down, you got to peel yourselves off the ceiling, get back down, and build yourself up again to go on the road where this week you don't have the crowd on your side. Yeah. Jacksonville went in and beat Ben Roethlisberger, a two-time Super Bowl champion. Right. So now Jacksonville has to come down from that and get up to beat Tom Brady. You know, these are difficult spots emotionally for these road teams. Now, I will say this. You know, the, uh, the Tennessee Titans, winners of the Music City Miracle, the Baltimore Ravens also had a dramatic playoff win. Joe Flacco caught Jacoby Jones. Oh, yeah. Passed yep. uh, safety Raheem Moore. Denver. And mm-hmm. Denver. And it was an extremely emotional walk-off type situation. So people probably were wondering then, well, how are you going to bounce back from that? I mean, you got to look at it like there's nothing better than that. Both those teams went to the Super Bowl. Okay. They both won their, not only their next game, but enough games to get to the Super Bowl. Right. So there is a galvanizing effect from what Minnesota did Sunday against New Orleans where you feel impenetrable. Yeah. Uh, because it, it clearly has been proven no matter what the situation is, no matter the circumstances, you can win a game. That's right. And that's going to be awesome. Yeah, it is going to be awesome. Can't wait to uh, break it all down this week. And then, of course, Watch the game and listen to the game on Sunday. That was Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen. Catch him on Twitter, at PA on the mic. And, of course, catch him 9 to noon locally here in Minneapolis and the five-state area on FM 100.3. The Fan, on behalf of producer and co-host Chris Corso and Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, this is Wobby signing off for now another Wobcast coming up later in the week. Until then, see you later.